Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and digital patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physicians' practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into a variety of topics on the digital tools, solutions, strategies, and processes that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Now, here are your hosts. Well, welcome to the ever-popular Listener Choice Awards. So these award shows are great. This is the fourth annual award show. Yeah, the first one wasn't a Listener Choice Award, but this is, I would say, the fourth annual Touchies Award. You don't like it when I call them that, do you? It seems weird. I don't know that that's appropriate in this day and age, but... You know. But still, four four times in a row now. We got a lot of great topics ahead. We really do. We do these at the end of every calendar year, and it's uh, a lot of fun to pull this information together and a retrospective, if you will. Why don't we go ahead and get started? Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is. And Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. This is the 2020 Listener Choice Awards. Many of you voted on the um, little poll, I guess, that we put out in the interwebs over the last few weeks, and we appreciate that. So we're going to go through the winners uh, of that, along with uh, winners of some of the uh, metric-based awards, like most downloads and that kind of thing. Uh, as well as some of our favorites across all the different uh, serious and fun. Well, I don't, are there serious ones? I, I don't know. <laughs> thing, but anyway, we'll be, uh, we'll be going through those. So this is going to be a lot of fun. best cold open. Oh, this is a, a fun thing that Reed and I have started accidentally to do, and now it's become part of our show, which is just a kind of a fun opening to the show. Been very popular by some of our listeners. They like them. Yeah, we've had uh, a lot of folks comment about them, but we've also had several folks be a part of them, including my daughter and others through the years. Just a fun part uh, of the show. We even had one this year that was a little bit too, I don't know, racy, that we had to actually not run it this year. I don't even remember what it was about, so that tells you how racist it was. <laughs> I think it had something to do with Halloween costumes or something like that. So in any case. One of my most favorites, I think, that I did this year is where we did a syncopated jazz reading of some of the unsolicited LinkedIn emails that we get. That would happen mm. like back in, like I think it's in the March-April time frame. It's hard to remember at this point of time but yeah but i that was a little fun one that i did because i i actually took that and did some production around it so i had fun with that one what about you what was one of your favorites oh gosh you know it's funny i i was going to just say and this doesn't really count but i was gonna say uh my daughter again <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know when that was from but i like did we talk about halloween candy at one point uh that was good and also the favorite uh what was it uh, thanksgiving dish for different parts of the country. Those types of lists are always uh, kind of fun to talk through. Yeah, food was a very popular topic in our cold opens this year. I wonder if that's a trend. So we had people actually in our Listener Choice Award nominations, they actually voted for their most favorite. So Reed, this is where I typically insert sort of the drum roll where you announce the winner. 
Yeah, and I will chalk this up a little bit due to the fact that obviously people vote for things in recent memory, but uh, I do think this was an awful good one. And it was our most popular Christmas treat involving peppermint. I like that one. Yes. Why don't we listen to that one here just to remind people of that. And then we'll be back to uh, go through some of our other awards. This has been hitting the news cycles recently, Reed. Uh, the most popular Christmas treat in every state. Hmm. Okay. So before we list out the ones where the states we live in, what is your most favorite treat? for the holiday. I like anything peppermint related. Uh, You know, peppermint milkshakes are good. This article actually shares the top treats per state. In the state of Minnesota, the top treat is a peppermint kiss cookie. My wife makes some of those. It's almost like brownie, but it like surrounds a peppermint kiss to make a cookie. Anyway. The state of Texas, it's peppermint chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Well, there you go. The state of Tennessee, pudding Pudding? How's that even on the list? First off, that's not even holiday specific. And second, that's just, that's a lazy answer. That's just a lazy choice. Uh, well, that's always fun. And, um, you know, the cold open has become something that we, we kind of look forward to each and every week, uh, like we talked about. Well, and if you actually listen to the show, you know that after the uh, cold open comes the intro of the show where I tell you all about the good things of uh, visiting us on, on the interwebs at touchpoint.health. If you'd like to know more about this show, the episode you're listening to or other shows on the network. So I will plug that at this point. Uh, stop by over there and you can do things like sign up for the TPS report. Weekly email comes out every Monday, excluding a holiday or two throughout the year. But every Monday, you're going to get about five articles from us aggregated by the show hosts, along with uh, other cool things to check out. Why don't we share a little bit about Touchpoint Media by the numbers and maybe share some stats around the network and and also our podcast itself. Uh, we're up to 20 shows on the network. Now, you may go to the website and know that, see that we're a couple short. We do produce some shows for some folks, particularly for their brand or their organization, so they're not necessarily on our website at touchpoint.health. But we are strong into the podcast game at this point and uh, producing uh, on a regular basis 20 different shows, a whole bunch of episodes, including now the TPS5, which is the weekly podcast, the TPS5. comes out every Friday quick hit from you that comes out in our feed. We have exactly 246, now 247, including this, episodes that we've put out since February of 2017. So we're uh, specifically, as far as this Wednesday release show goes, this is obviously episode 204. So another uh, 50-ish or close to 50 of the uh, TPS5 as well. So it's a lot of episodes. That is quite a bit of episodes. I mean, if you think about that, we must really like to talk behind a microphone, Reed. Yes, we really <laughs> we really do. Pretty amazing. I mean, year to date, we're up 65% over the previous year. That's pretty substantial growth, I would say, from our particular little show that comes out once a week, including the rest of the uh, rest of the network. And again, we're including now in this in this kind of reporting out of these numbers, the TPS5, which is actually on this same feed. So the people that listen to the Touchpoint podcast are getting that TPS5 report as well. And people are listening to it all over the place. And even Spotify itself actually this year recognized all of our activity on the, on the Spotify network and they're wrapped for podcasters. There are some interesting things that kind of came out from there. And I'll just share a couple of these stats with you. We have people that are listening to us in Germany. That's where our listeners grew the most was in Germany. We had a 200% growth in there. So that must mean we went from one person to two people. I don't know. Yeah, a lot of hospital marketing folks, in Germany, <laughs> I guess. They also said that we uh, are listened to in 14 different countries. Again, this is just Spotify. This is not all of the other places where people get it. It fascinates me to think that people internationally are listening into us. It is pretty wild. Obviously, the vast majority of our downloads, 92% of them, are coming from the United States. Um, as you would imagine, then second place is Canada. But if you start kind of looking at the list... We get a, a, quite a few listeners from Ireland, New Zealand, uh, the aforementioned Germany, uh, Australia, the UK, Belgium, India, France, uh, the Russian Federation. Oh my gosh, really? The Netherlands, Spain, Sweden, Japan, Italy, 
Brazil, Israel, uh, etc. The list goes on. Well, let's talk about like where our show has traveled in the United States. Let's focus in on that because we know that the bulk of our listenership is here within the you know continental United States, so to speak. And we have some stats that actually kind of show that, right, Reed? We absolutely do. And so, so we'll just go with uh, these fine folks as our uh, most popular states. So looking at our show specifically, honorable mentions, uh, I will say um, in fifth place, just outside of the playoffs is Florida followed by Iowa in fourth place. Uh, And then we get into the podium. The podium uh, with the bronze medal, Texas. And people may think, that's just me. Well, I don't live in Texas anymore. So um, (laughs) I just be listening to this show. Number two in in silver came in second place, Minnesota. Oh, okay. Well, so now I do live in Minnesota. And I know my wife listens to the show too. So do you think we're making up the bulk of the listens there? It would be tough. It would be tough to listen to it this many times. I mean, it's 10% of our downloads. So oh, wow. Wow. If y'all are listening to it that much, that's a lot. Uh, and, then, and then the winner, by a fairly wide margin, and not crazy to think, with Texas being three, Minnesota two, but California oh. in, in first place. Obviously a very large state. Yeah, absolutely. And a shout out to all of our friends listening from the from California, from the Golden State. We know people from all over, from the Bay Area to the LA area, and all the health systems in between. So I'm, I hope that they're finding a lot of value. And we certainly are thankful for their listenership, aren't we? Yeah. And if you dig into California, obviously, the, the, the ones that jump out are, are not surprising. Mountain View is the most listened to, uh, I guess, market or DMA. Culver City, Piedmont, Los Angeles, San Jose, San Francisco, uh, et cetera. kind of goes on down the list. Well, let's go on to our next award, Reed. And this is an award uh, that was not on our nomination list, but it's one between you and I. And this is the award for the best use of the term unprecedented this year. Mm. This certainly was an unprecedented year, 2020. Would you agree? It it was. I'm ready to get back to more precedented times. (laughs) (laughs) So the definition of unprecedented, just because people use that term a lot, I thought it might be good to define it. According to Wikipedia, it's without previous instance, never before known or experienced or unparalleled. And the opposite, which is what you're longing to go back to, mm-hmm. is very simply stated as normal. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> I was there would be a better... Okay, well, <laughs> so I know that we've used that term quite a bit over this past year in our podcast. Has there been a time that stands out for you when we use that term in a way that could be award-worthy? Well, most any show over the last nine months probably could fit. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? What comes to mind for you? Well, you know, I'm thinking about like whenever we talk about telemedicine or we talk about reaching the new consumer and, mm-hmm. and all of that. But, you know, I think that term in and of itself should just be retired from our lexicon because we've used it way too many times. Not just you and I. It's just been used overall. If we're going to award any winner to the best use of the term unprecedented, that would be perhaps for all of the frontline healthcare workers that have responded to this crisis over the year, because they certainly are living it. So maybe it's not a shout out to us using that term, but it's a shout out to them. There you go. Very nice. All right, moving along in our award show. I want to make sure that we uh, we are very efficient here so we don't get the, the music to, to wrap it up, right? The next award is one we typically do every year in this time. It's the oddest place we recorded an episode. But we didn't really record our episodes in the odd places this year, did we? 
No, I think last year it was like I recorded from my car in a small town outside of Texas. I think the year before that I recorded at a library in a little bitty town. And often we record at conferences. I remember we did one at Healthcare Internet Conference a couple of years ago where we were outside and you can hear people golfing in the background and things like that and birds That's flying right. and things like that. We actually love to get out in the field, so to speak, and do recordings. I know, Reed, you go out to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. And conferences are a great way where we connect with our audience, with all of you listening in. Uh, this year, we actually had to go to virtual conferences. The top three places have to naturally fall into a virtual conference. So number three on the list is an interview that I did with Ann Mon Johnson at the virtual forum. We did a half hour interview, which we then rebroadcast on the show. So that's the bronze on the podium, so to speak. Silver was from the same conference, the virtual forum. Uh, one of the keynote speakers was Amber Mack, internationally recognized speaker. I actually asked her to come onto the show separately, and we did a podcast recording. So that met the silver. But I think the overall winner, Reed, the the gold place winner of the oddest place we recorded an episode, or maybe the the different place that we recorded an episode this year, was in the Healthcare Internet Virtual Conference, or HCIC at Home, just recently, where we did a live recording with you and with Ahava Liebtag uh, to honor you both being inducted into the Healthcare Internet Hall of Fame. Uh, yes. I was going to nominate my office as the office. <laughs> uh, because I have not, and I mean like my actual office, because I haven't been there uh, since like March. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, That would have been one of the odder places. Coming soon from Greystone, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media, live from HCIC, a new podcast that brings you front row access to the latest innovative strategies that are shaping tomorrow's healthcare industry. In this 12-part series, as recorded live at the Healthcare Internet Conference, we'll hear from industry experts such as Paul Matson of the Cleveland Clinic, Kathy Smith of Roper St. Francis Healthcare, David Feinberg from Mount Sinai Health System, Rose Glenn from Michigan Medicine, and many others. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast series is brought to you by Greystone.net, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media. now we're getting into some of the meat of it here, the best episode topic. Now, this was part of the uh, poll that we put out that many of you voted on, which we appreciate. Uh, anything jump out to you this year? Any, any, what would you say is your favorite or a couple of your favorite? Boy, we did a lot of shows around telemedicine this year and virtual health. I think that was one that kind of jumped out as being a, a kind of a top topic. We did some around measuring voice of customer, which I thought were really kind of interesting. I even like if we go back to like the early pandemic days, which if you, if you can even remember back into, you know, the March timeframe, we were uh, talking about the new patient, just a wide variety of different types of uh, topics. How about you? What jumps out for you? One of my favorites is not too long ago. I think it was back in October. Yep, October the 7th, which was episode 192. It's NPS, PX, and CSAT, how to measure VOC, because that may be the most three-letter acronyms we've put in a title. That's true. Of, uh, <laughs> one thing. But no, it was, it was interesting talking about net promoter score. You mentioned it, the voice of the customer and all that, all that kind of good stuff. Um, I thought another one just a few weeks before that or a month or so before that, the looming digital mental health crisis uh, was an interesting one. That was episode 189. The AI hype cycle in healthcare was a good one, I thought. And another one that I really liked the title of episode 183, the digital front door is neither front door nor digital or whatever it was called. (laughs) Uh, That was also a, a good one. So. This is one of the categories where our listeners weighed in. So, Reed, um, maybe you can announce the the top winners. As a frame of reference, um, the top five most downloaded episodes of the year 
not of all time, but of the year. Number five was episode 154, breaking down the buzz of agile marketing, followed by 158, user centricity and healthcare design, uh, 174, the evolving role of leadership in healthcare, 157, the pursuit of price transparency in healthcare, and then the most downloaded episode of the year. 153 user centric taxonomy. Oh yeah, that was a great episode. Well, so those are the most downloaded read. What was nominated by our listeners as the best episode topic? We actually have a tie for what would be third place and what would I guess then be first place. So there technically is no second place. In third place, tying for third place, episode 174, the evolving role of leadership in healthcare as well as episode 160, Getting Literate About Digital Health Literacy. Then uh, winner tied, we had two of them tie for first place. 157 and 158, The Pursuit of Price Transparency in Healthcare and then User Centricity in Healthcare Design. Well, those are both really, really good topics. Boy, and this is typically where we'll insert an audio clip from uh, those uh, those interviews. What we'll do is we'll just run a very quick clip of each one of those interviews and put links back to the winners in our show notes so you can go back and listen to the full episode. Lately in the news, there's been a lot of talk about price transparency in healthcare. And it's really based on an executive order from June of last year, on healthcare price transparency and quality transparency, and the goal of which was to help consumers know the prices and quality of goods or services to make informed decisions about their healthcare. That sounds like a really great idea. Wait a minute. We're going to tell people what things cost before they buy it? <laughs> Who came up with this idea? This is a trend that's going on from a legislative perspective. It's not the first ruling on transparency. In fact, there were other rulings around uh, drug manufacturers to disclose list prices in advertisements. The executive orders around price transparency go way back into multiple administrations. So this has been happening for a while. But this recent one is like very, very upfront with what they're trying to do, right? We've been doing a lot of episodes around understanding our customers better in healthcare. We've talked about like empathy mapping, user-centric taxonomy, open-minded thinking. But as we've been talking about this, really the terms user-centered design, human-centered design, and even design thinking have come up often. I'm just wondering, Reed, and you've heard those terms. Do we actually know what those terms mean? Are there other ones like non-human-centered design or... (laughs) Or human, human non-centered design, possibly, or something. <laughs> or human design for non-humans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I have heard of all those terms. I would say I'm probably in the majority that have probably used those interchangeably and don't know what they mean. Let's maybe start there and talk about what these mean. And I guess I'm a little confused on like how stuff isn't everything human-centered? I think that the intent is not about the designer themselves, but it's about who it's being designed for. That's where we can get into the sort of the nuances of those terms. Now let's move on to uh, an award that... Our listeners obviously couldn't vote for because it's the best episode topic we didn't record. <laughs> I know every year you and I read, we think about what, you know what topics should we record this year? What are the things that we want to? Do you have any topics that spring to mind? Because of some of the work I've been doing in my day life, uh, my real job, these have been topics that I think we will probably do episodes on because I, I do find it interesting, especially with what we're seeing going on right now. But is intranets... And then also maybe internal communications technology, two things, and maybe just internal communications in general, which I know we've talked a fair amount uh, about advocacy and some of those types of things. But uh, the other one would be billboards. Um, <laughs> you know, we didn't do anything on billboards this year. Some topics that I really want to get a, an episode recorded around. One is around remote working. Like, what does that mean? And how do you take advantage of all the tools and technologies and, and some of the the 
challenges that typical healthcare worker that listen to our show are facing with that. Another one that's going to be very top of mind to people for the next three to five months is a vaccine communication. And I know we've kind of alluded to that recently on some of our, our topics, but you know, to do a whole episode around that. And I know some people that uh, you work with that potentially could be good experts that we can bring on to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot there. All right. Who is the winner for the best uh, topic that we did not record? I think of all of those that we mentioned, the winner is intranets. I think we need to do an episode on intranets and and maybe internal communications while we're at it. That is just one that just makes a lot of sense. And I'm surprised we haven't addressed that yet. It does tie in certainly to remote working and some of that kind of stuff, the need for those things, right? Pivoting next to the next award, this is your favorite award every year to to give out, right, Reed? Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, this is the weirdest operating system in which our podcast was played. <laughs> now, uh, granted, we, we do have a fair amount, just like you do in Google Analytics and some of these types of things, uh, the quote-unquote unknown. So you know, throwing that one out, there are some uh, interesting ones in the list that uh, would kind of surprise you. Uh, obviously, most folks uh, that listen to not just our podcast, but really any podcast, do so in some sort of an Apple ecosystem. And I think last year, was it last year that the Apple Watch was uh, the weirdest operating system? That's right, the Apple Watch. Yeah, it's still uh, what would be number one, two, three, four. It's still in the top five uh, for our particular show. 7% of our listens come from the Apple Watch. I could throw out Internet Explorer because apparently 110 downloads have come through IE. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, how about that? But I am actually going to choose, and there's tons of stuff in here, right? There's TuneIn, there's Player FM, there's Stitcher and uh, Spotify, and even browsers like Chrome and Safari and uh, you know all those kinds of fun things. But I'm going to scroll on down the list here, and three people, well, it could be one person three times, I guess, but three downloads, Windows Media Player. Does that still exist? Didn't realize it did, but apparently it does. Well, we're big on the Windows Media Player platform, that's for sure. (laughs) Next in the award show, another voted on award. Who is smarter? Oh, yes. I love this. Every year we get into who is smarter. And I don't believe either one of us has won this award yet. Well, I don't know. I can't remember now, honestly. I should have looked back of who had won in previous years. But we do have a clear winner this year. Mm. Although a third of people did vote. Are you kidding? I would choose any other show host on the network. Which left two-thirds of the votes split between you and I, and you narrowly edged me out as the smarter co-host of Touchpoint for 2020. I am going to lord that over you for the next year, Reed. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, uh, You really like me. Is that what people say when they win awards? Mm -hmm. um, Mm Mm-hmm. That question is always one that we put in there just for fun. We don't take that seriously because you and I both do a weekly podcast and we've been doing it for four years. Arguably, just by that very fact, neither one of us really rate us being smart. We're just very dedicated to this, (laughs) to doing this. Okay, our next award is one that's, again, voted on um, the best guest expert, the best person that we've interviewed. And we've had a variety of experts this year be on the show and people that are relatively new to the conversation. Certainly, uh, we've had a fair amount of folks on 
you know, that we've known through the years, the Ed Bennett's of the world, if you will, Ed's been on, if you've listened to the show the last few weeks, six times, I believe. So yeah, I mean, I, I think there's obviously been a number of folks new this year. People that we we come to know through our extended network and we that have definitely great ideas like Shelley Pavone from uh, Enlightened. We had uh, Michael Wolmering from Inspire Eleven, just to name a few people that you know names that are typically not what who we see at conferences and things like that. Do any jump out at you as being some of the best interviews of the year, Reed? One that I thought was was kind of cool, and and I really liked the episode. But again, not too terribly long ago, but the increasing role of technology in patient experience. Uh, so Jacob Jepson from uh, Class Research. What about you? Uh, I really liked one that happened in the earlier part of the year. Um, this I actually remember recording this interview in person with uh, Lisa Hominiak, who's with Azul Seven, which is a user experience design firm here in the in Minneapolis. And I actually had a really good interview with her. And I've actually had the, the privilege of working with her on a couple of projects. But as we mentioned, we had these up for nomination for our listeners. So we did. We had this as part of the part of the poll. And uh, we heard from uh, you, our listeners. And in third place, bringing home the bronze medal, uh, Alyssa Kleinman, breaking down the buzz of agile marketing. Oh, that's a good one. Followed in the silver place, Susan Ivanetti around user-centric taxonomy. I believe that was, if I remember right, our most downloaded episode of the year. It came out back towards the 1st of 2020, which seems like four and a half years ago. Great, great episode. I really enjoyed that one myself. All right, and in uh, first place, gold medal winner, Rodney Ryder. The evolving role of leadership in healthcare, also one of the more popular episodes of the year. Rodney, welcome to the show. Fantastic. Thank you. I've been looking forward to reconnecting with you and being able to talk to you and your audience. So thank you. Wonderful people that are coming into the industry, which is some of what we're going to get into, Mm -hmm. that haven't been in the traditional methodology before, traditional pattern of how you work up and and they're coming into it now from other angles and provide incredible insights. It is true indeed that working within a healthcare system is unique. There are some unique challenges and unique things that you have to know to navigate it successfully. What I've seen, seeing that leadership is changing dramatically, and it's it's it seems to be accelerating more and more recently. From your experience, how do you see uh, leadership changing within health systems? Well, in the past, we had the traditional mindset of you were department director, you came into finance, and you worked your way up, and you had a greater responsibility, more departments. And you would go from uh, you know, uh, an operational role to the vice president of operations and then maybe a COO at a smaller hospital. And you'd get even a, maybe even a smaller hospital from there to be a CEO. And then you start making your track to a larger hospital. A great way to go and, and great tradition and you understand the business. But with all of these other influxes now coming into our, our world, our space of, of hospitals not being the center, but all these other options. You know, from optimizing buying physician practices to these innovative companies coming in and, and taking niches away from the hospitals themselves. It really is incredibly beneficial to have people with a, a different point of view now coming in from other industries. They may not know all the, the jargon on, at the time, but with some of these other ideas coming into our industry from the digital side, from the, all the non-traditional areas, mm-hmm. you need people to understand that as well. So there's people coming in and joining us to be able to, to understand the landscape even better, I think, provides a great asset to us as, as healthcare providers. So uh, you said it earlier, but all the changes going on, the traditional track for being a, an administrator on up does not allow you that perspective. And so having these other people come in really supplements your way of looking at the world, which is badly needed today to see what's going on. Not only what's going on change right now, but being able to position yourself for the future for those additional changes and you can't know everything. And so you got to bring in people that have these other perspectives and incredible intelligence. A lot of the impetus around this need for new perspectives and, and new leadership is because the industry itself, as we as we mentioned, is going through this dramatic change. And much of that is digital in nature. We've talked a lot on the show about digital consumerism and the, the impacts of the, the patients and the consumers interacting with the health systems are changing. And so we need to address that. And then the, on the other side, I, I see a lot of push for uh, a developing a more of a service-oriented model. And so that's why we're attracting people from like Ritz-Carlton and Disney and others. Is that fair to say that those are maybe the two major uh, influxes into our space? There, Yeah, that, that really is a, a good way of saying it. Those are key areas. And 
you said the patient side. So the mm-hmm. not just meeting consumer demand from the technological side, but even what their expectations are when they come in. If you look at other industries, how they're as, as we've said many times, there's instant access and in and in, you know from Amazon to others. Mm-hmm. And they're so well known in terms of what their tendencies are, their decision making. But we in healthcare don't have that same perspective of our patients. Mm-hmm. Learning, we're getting better, but we need that technology to help us to get that information, that data, so we can make sure we're doing the right thing by our patients every time, even before they arrive at our at our offices and our, our hospitals. But at the same time, we don't always have the people internally that can look at and understand or pull that data. So that technological advancement helps us. The gentleman that was in the investor industry and so very advanced in technology, wanted to have a second career, desired to give back, steps in, becomes a nurse, and now he's moved up into a management level. Imagine mm-hmm. his perspective on both being able to provide the care, but understand the technology behind you know, what a patient can expect, what trends are, what the financials are, things like that. So they offer a lot more to us now than, like I said, the traditional role. Another individual I was speaking with, a parole officer had been a police officer, parole officer, hmm. wanted to give back. She was a young mother and, and had twins and lost one of the babies in the NICU. And the people were so caring and giving to her that 20 years later, when she retired from her other industry, she wanted to come back and give back. So you've got that hard side still to come back for the right reasons. But you've got that incredible technological advancement from their industry, the learning they had, and even the patient and the customer interaction that they can step in and, and offer a different perspective. And, and it provides that better care that goes along with the different technology we're offering. Here it is. One of the Keystone Awards. Keystone Awards, is that even a thing? Well, anyway, it is for our show. Uh, One of our Keystone Awards, most prestigious Awards. That's what I was looking for. The best fan of the year. For those that have listened for a while and maybe heard some of the previous shows, Chris, your mother-in-law. That's right. One. That was our first one. That was our first. Mitch Holdwick, longtime fan and supporter of the show and expert on the show for that matter, has been an award recipient. That's right. And Jim Samuel was last year. Yes, Jim Samuel. This will now be the fourth winner. We have a lot of great fans, people listening in, people that support the show, and we really appreciate the support. We could tell when you comment on our our posts on LinkedIn and Twitter, when you retweet or repost them. But also, as you know, we build the show based on your feedback. So we love the fan feedback that we get, the people that kind of give their suggestions on new shows and new ideas. What's interesting about this year's winner is that he was also on the show itself as an expert interview back in the episode around price transparency, which we've mentioned already. In addition, he uh, actually was on another one of our podcasts as a guest expert on the New Normal podcast. And needless to say, we're building up kind of the, the drama and the momentum here. But the award for the best fan of the Touchpoint podcast for the year of 2020 is Michael Krivich. And Michael and I got a chance to sit down recently and talk a little bit about uh, what, what his perspective is on the show and some of the, the feedback that he has. And so why don't we give that a listen to now? All right. Well, I am excited today to be interviewing our annual fan of the year. He's not only a fan, he's actually been on the show a couple of times. And that's Michael Krivich. Michael, welcome Thank you, Chris. It's good to be here. I'm honored to be chosen fan of the year. It's like I've never won anything before, so this is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope this doesn't deflate your expectations of winning things. One of the big things that makes our show that much successful is it's for our fans. And so we want to appreciate our fans. And you're the biggest fan this year. And we're really, really appreciative of that. It's easy to be a fan of the program. It really is. You have an interesting background. I think it would be really good for people that may not have heard you on the show before, and maybe this is the first time hearing you. You want to share a little bit about your background and expertise? I've been in healthcare a really long time. Um, so that kind of gives me a little bit of a, I hate the word unique as a marketing guy because nothing's ever unique. Somebody's done it someplace. It's just finding <laughs> out who did it. But I've worked in just about every channel that there is in healthcare from you know, hospitals and health systems to, to nursing homes to international medical device and risks and packs to specialty pharmacy with Walgreens. 
healthcare IT and analytics and, and through through Truven Health, which is now part of IBM Watson, to revenue cycle management. What my experiences have have been has has taught me how the in, how everything in healthcare is so interrelated. Mm-hmm. That you know the the hospital and the physician component and and even on the hospital side you know building you know medical office buildings family health centers and hiring physicians and promoting physicians and just all of it that works together is just it's so incredibly complex and simple at the same time we we tend to forget we look at these these global issues which affect everyone but really comes down to all well, healthcare is local. And it's how are you meeting the needs, of the, regardless of what you're doing, how are you meeting the needs of, of if you're a vendor, of, of your clients, of your customers, or in the hospital situation, regardless of how big the network is or, you know, whether it sprawls the United States or the world, you know, or it's just, you know, in the Chicago or the, for example, Minneapolis area, all healthcare is local. And, and what are you doing to, to change the, the healthcare dynamics in your community? And that almost speaks to the spirit of what Reed and I are trying to uh, reflect in the show programming that we do. We talk a lot about digital and the, the application of digital in healthcare, but everything that you're talking about uh, from the locality of how healthcare is uh, delivered to you know the integration across the, the enterprise, so to speak, in the health system, that is sort of the tenant. And I think that's one of the benefits of digital in this space. It's no wonder that you're one of our fans. But, you know, the other thing is, is that not only are you a fan, like I said, you're an expert too. You've been on the show a couple of times. (laughs) Yes, I have. I'm still (laughs) trying to figure out why, but thank you very much. (laughs) We talked about price transparency, which that was way back from February. Yeah, it was. Before pandemic times, which we can't even remember. And yet those rules around price transparency are being implemented and going into an effect in in January this year of 2021. You know, and that, that was a plug for my blog, Healthcare Marketing Rant Matters. My point of that 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 post was was more along considerations and, and trying to get hospitals and health systems and other healthcare providers to understand that come January 1, the patient is now a buyer based on price. That's pretty significant. Now, you know, that, that, has, that has a whole lot of different ramifications to it, too, especially in the, the hospital and the market and when they start seeing the prices of what's going on. But I think that's a huge step, uh, just a great step for the industry as well, because I think that promotes transparency and accountability and also, too, for the consumer because they, they know what they're getting. Now, the, the, the big challenge, I think, in this for hospitals and health systems is, is the lack of differentiation. And I know people will yell at me and go, what do you mean? And I'm like, think about it. A hospital is a hospital is a hospital in a market. You all have the same services. You all have the same technology for the most part. And you also have physicians that, that, that send patients and do work in the other hospitals as well. Changes in market share for a hospital in a particular market over time are more attributable to physician admitting practices than they are to anything that that's else is going. You've been a really great contributor to the show, but I want to focus a little bit in on your experience with the show. Share with me how you actually first became aware of our show. Just the wonderful thing, you know, about AI, the bane, the bane and the wonder. Of, of, of AI is is that you know your feed on LinkedIn and other in Twitter and other sources are populated based upon the hashtags and, and things that you're looking at and using and reading, and that's how I became aware was was LinkedIn post showed up one day going you might be interested in it. and I said yes I might, <laughs> <laughs> and then I started listening in on the shows and what was going on and then you contacted me and that's how it's gone from there when we became connected on LinkedIn and then I started seeing more of the different shows and different podcasts that were going on. And that, that's how I kind of got drawn in because the topics, you know, some of it is, is content driven, topic driven. So, you know, I'm not going to see and say I listened to every single program that went on. But when I saw things that really piqued my interest because of what I was writing about that week or whatever was going on uh, professionally, that's when I would listen in. That's good. And I'm glad that you admitted that because I think many of our fans think that they sh- they need to listen to every show. I don't think that's necessarily the case. Reed and I try to do a variety of different shows that are topical driven, but also, you know, around 
just major trends that are going on in the industry. And so even my wife you know, admits to me that she doesn't listen to every one of our shows. And I'm like, that's fine. And, <laughs> and by the way, when she listens to them, she sometimes listens to them at one and a half speed, right? So that's the other thing. <laughs> you know. But what I've noticed, Michael, is over the last year, you also are sharing other shows on our network. So tell us about like, you know, how you see the overall network. I'm a learner. And, and I think that's that's the, the biggest thing. I'm constantly wanting to learn new things. I'm constantly, not that I spend my whole day doing webinars or, or listening to podcasts, but I always like to learn new things because I take the approach of, I don't know anything. Uh, you know, I just, sometimes I think I get lucky, <laughs> but, but I, I don't know anything and I'm constantly learning. The perspective that I take when I go into something new and I'm listening to a different podcast or trying to, when it doesn't matter whether, whether it's about retail or it's, it's just off here someplace, you know, that you would never think about. Can this apply to healthcare? Is there, like I said earlier, is that there's nothing new in healthcare. It's been done someplace. It's how you learn and apply it. And that's why I listen so much. And that's why I do so much. And that's what I'm always trying to learn with the thought of, can this apply to healthcare? And I'll be honest with you, like on my blog post, that's where a lot of that comes from. Go, whoa. And it's not genius or anything, not at all. But it's just like, hey, you know what? If you take this and you turn it, you know, maybe 180 degrees, this might have some applicability here. And we might be able to get ahead of the game and learn from it. And that's also one of the reasons why Reed and I often go outside of our industry to find where news is happening, right? And because we feel that we can apply learnings in other disciplines to what we do here. And so I'd be curious over the last year, do you have any uh, favorite highlights or topics or ideas that we've sh- surfaced in our show that still resonate with you today? Yeah, I, I'm always interested in the ones on, on digital. And the perspective of what's going on, especially too, is as they as they get relate to experience and engagement. Everybody's doing digital. Are, are you really managing the experience of that digital that, that someone's looking at? And then how is it? How are you engaging them with that? You know, you just you know throwing it out there. And I think your guests come and show the variety as well, sir, of of what is really going on in, in the healthcare industry in different places in the country that a lot of times you don't hear about. You know, it's the unsung stories. What we really try to do is also bring voices to our conversations that are maybe not the typical ones. You know, Reed and I have been around in the conference circuit for many years, and we know the, the typical players, right? The people that we can expect to be presenting at these conferences and things like that. But one of the things that we try to do is bring voices to the conversation that we may not hear of before, right? So we kind of go again in adjacent industries, maybe in health IT companies, et cetera, just some of the new innovations that are coming on. I'm glad that you recognize that. I think what's important about that is that if, if you look at the person, and I'm generalizing here, and that's a great thing that marketers do all the time that you shouldn't do. <laughs> you know, at the, at the end of the day, people in healthcare are very quiet. They may be doing something, you know, in, in their marketing, in their facilities, in, in other places that they just, they don't think is extraordinary. They're doing their job. They're, they're doing what they ought to do. And so they don't raise their hand. They don't say, and you, you look at some of what's going on, it's like, it's incredible. It's incredible the diversity and the innovation that's going on out there. And you just kind of like want to bang your head against the wall sometimes. At least I do. Like, how come others aren't doing this? (laughs) How come others don't know about this? And I think you bring that to light. And that's really important. I'm curious. You know, we've covered a lot of ground over the almost four years now that we've been doing this. Are there any topics as a fan of the year, you have the ability to kind of sway or influence our uh, future content. Are there any topics that we should be covering that we haven't yet? Well, you know, I think there's, there's, it's kind of all encompassing and it could probably go in several different directions. It's really based on the transformation that's taken place in, in six months with healthcare. When you really stop and think about what's happened, put aside the, the, the engagement and the content and the, you know, the stuff that's going on, but -hmm. think about it, you know, hospitals and, and this is not, this is, this is not a negative but hospitals in my career over time are very slow moving organizations. So are health systems. And at the end of the day, you know, it, it's, there's been a resistance to changes in the market, to changes in healthcare. 
that we're going to keep this in for a lot of reasons, but we're going to keep this this particular thing going as long as we can because we really don't want to do this even though we know ultimately it's going to be better. Look at what's happened with COVID. Look at what's happened with telemedicine. Look at what's happened now with people getting al- alternative care in different kinds of ways. And hospitals were forced into that. You know, they, 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 they wanted somebody coming in the house, you know, heads in the beds, somebody in the outpatient center. And they really didn't do a lot of this other stuff, but they had to do it with COVID. Now, now think what, I, what, what is interesting where I, I think this may be going, and I've written about this in the past in my blog, is that if you look at healthcare today, think of the hospital or the healthcare system not as a collection of buildings or services in locations throughout a community, but think it as, as a distributive network, like a distributive computer network where the where the the, the care and the, the servicing is being done in locations other than the hospital. And the use of digital and the use of telemedicine and you know therapy and rehab and you know how somebody's using Uber to get someone to an appointment because they didn't have transportation. Think about healthcare now as a distributive network and not as a location or series of buildings. And that the flexibility that is now needed by hospitals and health systems to be able to meet the healthcare needs of individual anywhere, any place, anytime, in the setting of most convenience, quality, and choice. That is the the major topic of of how I see when I look now at a health system and I look at you know their nursing homes and their their doctor offices and not as a service of the hospital, but as a distributive network that allows me to choose the best place to go for care. Mm. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Oh, it totally does. And, you know, when you when you say that, right, in my mind, I'm thinking these should be the topics that we always talk about. It's great. Maybe not great is the right word, but it's it's important that the uh, that the, the COVID pandemic has kind of brought that forward as being something very imperative. When we started this many years ago we that's that was our philosophy right we wanted to bring forward consumerism into this space in a, in a dramatic way and so i'm glad that we're our conversations are are going to be more more and more focused on that because we as health systems we have as an industry we need to elevate ourselves to that level and and agreed and i think the the other thing that has changed you know senior in, a, in a health systems and in some hospitals you still have it and, and and I've been through those changes as well. But I think the other topic I think that's critically important as we move into a more consumer-driven healthcare system, marketing needs to get back to the senior management table. In a lot of places, they've been removed from that. The the biggest lesson that I learned from working on the hospital and the, and the senior management level in hospitals and health systems was being at the senior management table. Marketing, you know, people still have a tendency to think that, you know, you're running the ad, you got the digital ad, you got the print ad, you got some random direct mail piece that winds up in my mailbox on occasion from a hospital going, really? What's this about? But marketing doesn't sit at the table. And marketing marketing is not just about a new service or it's about the hospital brand. It's about experience and engagement. It's about the strategic direction of the hospital from a strategy standpoint. It's about the financial plan of the hospital moving forward in the coming year. It's about the operational plan of going on. Marketers need to understand in the hospital and the health system what's going on and how it all works together. Because ultimately, these are the people that have to go out to the market and find the messaging and find the methods and the techniques that are going to they're going to increase awareness, that are going to increase utilization, that's going to drive revenue. And it still comes down to revenue. And that's revenue is not a dirty word in hospitals. Okay, it shouldn't be because if, you know, if you're not, if you're not, you know, as, as I learned long, long time ago when I was in graduate school and I was, you know, working for one of the professors who had their, their own consulting firm, I sat in a meeting at Little Mercy Hospital in Tiffin, Ohio. And we were presenting the plan. And it's a lesson I've never forgotten, Chris, because this, 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 the, the, the head, Oh, the president of the hospital was a, was a sister. <laughs> and during the press, she stopped me and she lowered her glasses to the bottom of the nose. And she looked at me and goes, young man, I appreciate everything you're saying here. And this is a wonderful presentation. And here's my thought. No margin, no mission. <laughs> I'm like, got it. Thank you. <laughs> but it's, these are the kinds of lessons that, that, that you learn that you never forget. Um, no margin, no mission. And whether you're not-for-profit or you're for-profit, 
you know, you, you've got to make a margin. But the margin now is not about, the margin doesn't come now from putting heads in the beds. You know, the, the margin comes now from meeting needs of people in a way that they've never expected it to be met before and providing them with the choices of where to meet that medical need. Michael, once again, I want to congratulate you on winning our fan of the year. I mean, obviously, you have a lot of expertise to share with our audiences, too. So we'll probably be seeing you kind of weave in between being an expert and a fan at the same time throughout the year. But are there any words or of advice or maybe even New Year's resolutions that you can extend to Reed and myself around the Touchpoint podcast for the upcoming year? You know, keep going. <laughs> don't, don't stop. I, I mean, really, I think the keep, and especially to keep the variety, it's easy to go off on a tangent and, and stay in an area because, you know, you have a passion for that. And you have a passion. You and Reed have passions for a lot of areas, but keep the diversity up. Thanks again. Um, Reed and I are very much appreciative for all of your support for our show. And, um, and we look forward f- to a, a very uh, productive 2021 for us. And I know our industry is going to continue to change. And we're, we appreciate having people like you out there listening in, but also contributing to the, to the dialogue. So thanks again, Michael. Thank you, Chris, and, and to, to Reed as well. Um, thank you for giving me a voice. All right, now it's time uh, for recommendations, like we always do. So we're going to talk about some of the best recommendations we made this year. We have recommended just about everything that we can dream up, uh, within (laughs) reason. I say within reason. I did recommend a tractor at one point in time. But for the most part, these are recommendations that you could afford and might be useful to various people out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember a, a couple of good ones from this year. I like the fact that you, uh, you you keep bringing up different types of pens to use, which is very practical. I like that. At one point, you mentioned a particular microphone that I've been coveting since you mentioned it, and I'm thinking I'm about, about pulling the trigger and, and bringing that in. I think you're even using it now, aren't you? I think so. Maybe so, yeah. And then I've recommended a couple of things too, like you know, TV shows and apps and stuff like that. I, one of my favorites that I've recommended is the marble slab. I remember bringing that up and you, you mentioned that we're now recommending just elements. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. I did recommend air that week or <laughs> some sort of a gas product. I don't know. Yeah. What are your thoughts? What are some of the ones you like? You've recommended a lot of podcast series, a lot of Netflix or streaming type series uh, on TV. Um, so those have always been good. Um, and, and fun to check out uh, podcast specifically. Is it The Wind of Change? Is that what it's actually called? That's right. That's what it's called, yeah. Soon to be a TV show. Yeah, yeah. So some of those have been good, uh, certainly. Uh, things that we run into in our daily lives. So you get to choose this award. This is Reed's Choice. Well, I am going to choose. I'm going to go with one that I recommended. And as we roll past the new year and uh, start making our way towards the spring months, this may come in handy again. Uh, but is the landscape shovel really helpful for edging uh, flower beds or creating new flower beds? That was the week I, re- I suddenly realized there are different types of shovels for different types of tasks. That's right. They're important. Well, it's been a great year, Reed. It really has. It really has. It's it's been interesting in the sense that while the, the year itself has been in a best case scenario odd, and in a worst case, probably pretty impactful to a lot of folks, uh, jobs and families and, and livelihood potentially. But hopefully everybody listening has been able to make it through the year in, in some way, shape or form that is uh, manageable. Now, certainly 2021 hits. It's not like a light switch is just going to get flipped and everything's going to be fine again. We're, we're in this for, for some time, but hopefully the idea of what is the new normal, I know we've heard that a lot. Uh, we actually have a show called that, which we, I would recommend. Hopefully it's, it's starting to uh, kind of be a place that we can really kind of dig in and understand and, and be okay with what's, what's happening. And, you know, in the three episodes in which we did sort of our listener choice awards, one of the things that we would end with is resolutions. But I'm telling you, I'm a little bit cautious about doing any kind of 2021 resolutions because all my 2020 resolutions kind of went out the window. I don't even know that I had any. I can't even remember what I 
said or was going to do or I don't even know. Yeah, resolutions. I don't know that I've ever been a big uh, New Year's resolution fan. Like I'm not going to go sign up for a gym. I'm not going to vow to do X, Y, or Z differently or better or something like that. I mean, there's, I think, things that I'd like to see happen. You know, there's more goals for the year, some some goal-oriented stuff. Uh, I probably should get better about writing that stuff down and like keeping it in front of me just for it to be top of mind. And I think, you know, we're going to see how it's going to unfold. I am, I'm optimistic about the vaccine and how that's going to help us to return to normal. And as always, we're going to be here every week and we're going to be reporting out on the things that we've seen and, and some of the trends that we're, we're facing. And the one thing I could say is that 2021 will be good because you and I will continue to uh, do this together. And I have to say, this is probably the most enjoyable part of my week, getting together with you and just talking about, you know, what's what's happening late in the latest news and, and in the industry. So, Well, if nothing else, it's predictable. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Sometimes that's helpful. Uh, when, when everything else is not terribly predictable. Well, it's a lot of fun to do this show. We certainly appreciate everybody's support. We, we appreciate uh, the willingness to uh, hang out with us uh, once a week, sometimes twice a week, if you listen to TPS5. Even checking out some of our other shows on the network. You know, We've got several new ones. We've talked about those. And go check out our previous episodes about that. But uh, we certainly appreciate uh, what you're doing. And uh, we continue to see our numbers grow year over year, which means you listeners are continuing to listen and you're telling other people about the show, which is uh, flattering. So uh, we really appreciate that. We hope 2021 is off to a great start and uh, look forward to uh, connecting uh, across this uh, new year. For Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we will see you in 2021. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.